0: Welcome to the Black and Mindfully Unbothered Podcast with Dion Christopher, a podcast for the culture offering a blend of news, wellness, and a slight kiki from time to time. On this episode, today we're not being petty. Y'all better put some respect on Barbara Jordan's name. Also, find out which group is giving up their seat at the Grammy table, possibly making room for a renaissance. And in today's Mindful Zone, I'll admit it, I'm a wanderer and you probably are too, according to research, I'll discuss a few ways to become less distracted in a world that requires so much of our attention. I'll cover these topics and more, so stay tuned. Common sense would be revolted if we engaged upon this process for petty reasons. Congress has a lot to do appropriations tax reform health insurance campaign finance reform housing environmental protection energy sufficiency mass transportation pettiness cannot be allowed to stand in the face of such overwhelming problems so today we're not being petty we're trying to be big The voice you just heard is that there of Barbara Charlene Jordan. Why am I starting today's episode with a clip from Barbara Jordan? How did we get here, you might be asking. Who is this woman, you might be asking? Before this week, I didn't know of Barbara Jordan, another figure in black. Culture, black American culture, that is someone we should all probably be familiar with. How I learned of Barbara Jordan was through work, (laughs) working with white people again, and sitting down to do an interview with a colleague of mine for the upcoming magazine. I think I told y'all a couple of episodes ago, being published, going published, working on a few stories for the magazine. And, um, did this feature on an individual who won an award named after Barbara Jordan. It's an award here in the state of Texas, and I'll kind of tell you a little bit about why that matters to the state of Texas shortly. But as I sat down to interview him, because the premise of the article is really focusing on him winning the award for a podcast, coincidentally. And... He mentions that Barbara Jordan was the first African-American woman to be in the governor's press pool. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, because I know this woman. um, I knew the, the little bit that I knew about Barbara had to do with her being around in the late 70s, I would think. And so, you know, I guess it would be common to have the first African-American anything in the late 70s as well. I mean, we're still having that today in 2022, right? Um, And so it was just, you know, let me go search Barbara and see what type of journalist Barbara was. Because again, here I am aspiring to get back in this world of journalism and media and all of that stuff. So, you know, I'm like, wow, an African-American woman in the state of Texas has an award named after her. It's got to be pretty, pretty um, amazing. So um, I go on my hunt, Googling, looking for Barbara Jordan, the journalist, Barbara Jordan, (laughs) the reporter, Barbara Jordan, Channel 2 News, you know, anything Barbara Jordan related to the media world. And I kept coming back across Barbara Charlene Jordan, who was actually the first American elected to the state Senate in Texas after Reconstruction. So Barbara is not a journalist, is what I found out just doing a quick Google search, you know. After someone who has won an award, not once but twice named after this lady, this individual did not know really the contribution that Barbara Jordan has made to Texas history And even researching further, I discovered the contribution she's made to American history. And so it really blew my mind as I'm sitting in this cafe to write this story and trying to gather my thoughts and outline the story. I'm listening to the interview um, that I did with the gentleman over and over again, just trying to really outline the story. But when I got to the point of researching who this lady really is and was... I couldn't think anymore about the article that I'm expected to write by October 26th. Today is the 16th, so I got about 10 more days. However, it led me down this rabbit hole of really researching Barbara, who she is, um, you know, again, her contributions to American history at this point, and finding out that she is not the first african-american woman to be a part of the governor's press pool in fact she was never as far as i could tell a reporter in her lifetime she's an american lawyer an educator and a democratic politician nowhere in her bio did i come across anything about this lady being a reporter and it just blew my mind that again The whitewashing that takes place when it comes to black history, especially here in this state of Texas, Um, the gentleman I was interviewing, he actually grew up in Texas, born in Dallas. And so his entire time of, you know, living on this earth He's been more familiar with Texas history and who's, you know, shaking things up in Texas more so than I have been. Now, granted, he was born in the early 70s. And, and again, my research shows that um, Barbara Jordan, from a national scale, really, you know, made an impact, I believe, in the early 70s, maybe late 60s, early 70s, um, you know, being a part of the Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon impeachment Process. You know, actually, the clip you heard was Barbara Jordan at the impeachment uh, hearing delivering what many call just like one of the greatest um, speeches when it comes to that process and her ability to eloquently um, state the facts. You know, she's a great orator, one of the greatest orators in our history. And so Again, for <laughs> me to have been told that she was a reporter, you know, deduced down to a reporter, I just could not move on from, again, how history is being whitewashed. We have this thing here in Texas where, um, as educators, we had to sign off on an agreement pretty much earlier this school year saying that we will not compel individuals to have conversations that may lean um, in favor towards one race over the other. You know, there's all this talk about being woke and the woke agenda. And, you know, there are certain books that are being banned. You all aren't, um, you know, you've heard this stuff before. I'm sure if you've been watching the news or even paying attention to, you know, social media from time to time, the fact that certain books I grew up with are now being, um, you know, taken off the bookshelves to kill a mockingbird, things of those natures, especially books that have been written by us and and for us telling our stories. You know, again, this is an attempt to whitewash this newer generation from understanding the history of African-Americans in this country. When you have a situation that I'm facing, and it was interesting because I even tried to talk to my director about it just in terms of I couldn't believe what I was told um there really isn't space for a lot of us in this work you know and in this work I mean education but even in some of the other industries at this point there's not a lot of space of trust when it comes to telling our stories telling who we are um letting people see that we're more than what they believe there's just not a lot of space for that at this point it seems and like i said even here in texas they're writing laws around making sure that our stories are not told and you know if we are telling our stories then we are forced to listen to the other side as well well you know we've grown up for the last however many years are going through you know since we (laughs) were shipped over here from africa That's all we've been told is their stories and and we haven't been allowed to really live out and carry out, you know, our vision of America, you know, and really be able to put that on bookshelves for the most part. You know, we, we get to tell those stories. Don't get me wrong. You get movies and books and things of that nature out there, but they don't get to live in the same space and at the same level that, you know, history I guess, white history, European history, gets to live at. And so it just really blew my mind. I uh, did not get to finish writing the article at all. I, uh, Like I said, I ended up doing a lot of research on Barbara Jordan and just, you know, the contribution she's made, again, to life. Just here in Texas, for instance, um, not only does she have that award named after her, there is a school named after her. I believe there is there's probably multiple scholarships named after her um, within Texas itself. So many honors, you know, that she's received. Um, even in my, my, my research of Barbara, discovered that Barbara's a lesbian, black lesbian out here doing a thing that was in Congress and everything, had a partner, all of that stuff. And so, you know, again, just the stories that, I imagine I kept trying to figure out, like, what was he taught? You know, where did he get that from? Is that what they're even telling people when they go to this award ceremony that Barbara Jordan was a part of the governor's press pool at one point? And he said it so confidently. That's the thing that just, you know, blew my mind away. Because, again, if I wasn't, I guess, operating in my journalistic abilities, I would have just taken what he said for the truth, you know, and just ran with that. But again, interested, I knew Barbara Jordan was black. So that's why I wanted to Google her even more when he, you know, said she was the first African-American woman in the governor's press pool. And, you know, again, doesn't sound like a big feat, but here in Texas, that's probably is big. And now I'm curious to, you know, who who that person may have been as well um, and how he possibly could have got them mixed up. So maybe that's something I'll end up doing at some point, but again, um, she—the lady—had a stamp issued back in 2011, one of those forever stamps and part of the uh, Black Heritage series. So, uh, you know, bigger than the press pool. Nothing wrong to the first African American, you know, female that was part of the governor's press pool. I'm sure there's legacy there as well, and I, like I said, I plan to look into that now that it's on my mind, but. You deduce this woman down to just that. And her her bigger picture is so much more than, you know, the, the lack of truth that you were providing me at that point anyway. Like, you didn't even hit it on the nail. You didn't even come close to the nail head when you were trying to hit it and tell me exactly who Barbara Jordan is. So I encourage you all to take a moment. Google Barbara Jordan, find out a little bit more for yourself and really try to see where whitewashing occurs in your own life. Like all of us deal with this, I'm sure. I I ran across an article the other week that um, it was an opinion article and an individual was actually talking about this same thing when he went to his son's first grade um, class to read a book and it just so happened the book he was going to read he left it at home. So he had to go to the library and pick up a book. Um, and he ended up picking up a book about Michael Jordan. Well, the children's book about Michael Jordan had misinformation. It had that Michael Jordan was um, drafted. I think, I think it said something like he was drafted in the third round back in 1981, I believe is when Michael Jordan was drafted. Um, but, The truth of the matter is, if you go and Google when Michael Jordan was drafted, he was actually drafted third in the first round. And so how do you go from he was drafted in the third round? How do you miss that? Like, who did not fact check (laughs) this information for this children's book? And it just makes you wonder if something as simple as Michael Jordan's drafting um, his spot, you know, within the draft was messed up. What else are they getting wrong? Like, for real, what what else is being mistold, mishandled, you know, when it comes to us and who we are in this country? That just, it makes no sense. And so, again, it kind of made me think of some other areas in which, you know, whitewashing. When I look back, you know, now I'm being 41, having the opportunity to really sit in and go back over my childhood and think about things that I went through I can remember being the only black kid at a party one time, a birthday party, um, seventh grade. And it was the weirdest feeling. Like I, I wanted to isolate myself and nobody made me go to that party. I'm trying to, you know, even to this day, understand why I wanted to go to the party so bad. But, you know, the other I don't. Think my other black friends were invited and if they were they couldn't make it for whatever reason and so here I am the only black face at this party I think it was the end of school year party or something Um, I felt isolated I really did I, I really felt like that was not for me and so again you have these issues where I can go back and think of other scenarios growing up in church like I went to a black church but I don't know that there was ever talk about, you know, what those folks in the Bible actually look like. And so all of the images that were presented, I remember going to the Christian school for, um, you know, a year. It was the worst experience of my life. I know my mother is probably listening to this because this podcast is mother approved at this point. But um, yeah, it was the worst experience of my life just because, uh, first of all, the, the, the culture of that um, denomination was something that we certainly don't roll with at this point even my parents today will say that you know it was something that looking back on should have thought differently about so I can appreciate that but you know going to the Christian school looking back at the workbooks that we had because we didn't have real textbooks looking back at the workbooks we had I, I can't really remember seeing um black images if I'm being real and and trying to go back into that time and space. I don't remember seeing black images in those workbooks. You know, I now the church itself, they weren't, it wasn't a church that had images of anybody, you know, really for the most part. But again, to sit and think about, you know, they're teaching from the King James Version. Well, the King James Version doesn't do a great job of, I guess, Discerning the different ethnicities that were taking place outside of you know the Israelites and the Hebrews and all of those folks, and we know that those folks, some of them come with hues, hues of color and whatnot, and so um, just looking back at how that becomes an issue, the the black church can probably find itself whitewashing um, Christianity in a sense and not realizing it, you know, for the most part that there isn't great talk o- amongst the at, what were Africans doing, you know, for real. Like what <laughs> all we really hear about are the Israelites and, you know, the Hebrew folks and where were the Africans in all of this? Um I'm I I love to have conversation around yeah where were the Africans in Christianity for the most part back in the day? Um, again, white Washington school. You heard me mention that how states are mounting up, you know, it's election season. States are making sure that they're putting this stuff on the agenda to instill fear in the suburbanites, making sure that they are, you know, categorizing everything as being woke and all this other crazy stuff. Um, that, that is just, yeah, it's creating fear for no reason. And you see what that leads to, at leads to something like January the 6th, right? Because all of a sudden you think people are trying to take over, you know, your, your land, your area in which those same people probably pay the same property taxes as you. So it's just crazy. You know, I think about, and we're getting better with this, but whitewashing in advertising, you know, um, 15, 20 years ago, probably wouldn't have seen as many black faces on something such as what acne commercials, maybe. Um, What's that acne stuff that's been around since forever, it seems. But um, the one, two, three step process can't even think of um, what is what it's called right now. But um, I don't recall seeing a lot of black faces when they first hit the market Um, back in the day. I just really don't recall seeing black faces in their advertisement. Now, I see black faces, especially after 2020 and what we saw with the George Floyd situation. There is so much diversity in advertising. Target does a great job of it and they still continue to do it um, before or during 2020 when they started focusing heavily on making sure that their advertisements were diverse. You know, I, I feel like I have seen a slowdown in that from some other companies. But Target is still keeping it going, and I appreciate them for doing that. So it's just, you know, again, one of those situations that the world is looking different now. You know, people aren't looking the same. And so people want to identify with those products that they're using. And that's how advertisers have to roll now that, you know, you have to put all shades of people in these things. We see whitewashing in TV and in movies, but we're doing better with that, I believe. You know, it's certainly an increase since the eighties when I was coming up and we really just had, you know, reruns of good times. And then we had the Cosby show and then once a different world and things of that nature came on board, it did really open up the door to have more, um, more hues of, of color on TV. And now we see that thanks to streaming TV and things like YouTube and whatnot, people are making their own entertainment and having their own entertainment choices anyhow. And so we see a a whole lot more of our stories being told um, from different perspectives. You know, there are stories out there um, that look at everything from being rich and black to being, you know, gay and black, poor and black, Um, just being black, (laughs) you know, um, from all different perspectives. And so, Again, I think we're making some headway in some media spaces, but not all. The big, big um, production companies—they still have a long way to go. So that's why you do see the people like Tyler Perry starting their own thing, and Spike Lee doing, you know, what he does in terms of his creativity, and only folks known um, trying to in, engage and tell those stories from uh, a people of color perspective. So it's it's just. Amazing, you know, um, whitewashing in the news. I don't even really watch local news anymore just because, especially here in Dallas, um, and this was the case in Atlanta, too. It seems like most of the news was always starting with, you know, a murder or, you know, something tragic that happened to someone. And unfortunately, it always seems to end up being um, a black person who did the killing, was killed, you know, whatever the case may be. So those newsrooms, unfortunately, they're still ran by white men um, who a lot of older white men who, you know, they get to make those decisions about what gets played on local news, what's going to attract, again, those advertisers and an audience. And so if you are able to uh, create this balloon of fear for folks, they're going to soak it up, be a part of it. And um, have so many things to say about certain people because what their news is telling them is happening around them at all times. I'm not saying that some of this stuff doesn't happen. Yes, we can do better. But we have to understand that there are people who get to control the narrative. And um, at some point, we have to do better at taking the narrative back. So that was a long, long first segment, I imagine. I don't know. Um, But I'll take a quick break I'm actually going to take a a food break (laughs) That's the beauty of a podcast You can record a segment, pause, come back to it But uh, I'm going to get some food in my stomach Take a break And um, after this, I'll cover some news So uh, stay tuned for me Hey, so welcome back from the break Um, One of the things that I really wanted to mention about Barbara Jordan was the fact that she is considered America's first black female governor. I know we're in election season right now. And if you are paying attention to some of the state races, you are probably aware of Stacey Abrams uh, making her second attempt to become the governor of the state of Georgia. And um, there's a lot of talk that if she was to win this election, she would be the first um, female black governor, black female governor. And um, according to my research, when it comes to Barbara, again, being deduced to a (laughs) reporter, she actually served as the governor for one day here in the state of Texas when she was actually serving in the uh, Texas House. And she was the pro tem, the president pro tem at the time believe it was June. I can't remember the exact date and I don't have it in front of me. But I want to say June 1972, in which the governor at the time, as well as the lieutenant governor, could not fulfill their duties due to some other things happening. And so Barbara Jordan actually became the governor for one day here in the state of Texas. So that's another thing that is big, something that has been, you know, whitewashed, even though it was for one day. You know, um, one day is one day. If I was president for a day, hey, I was president at one time. Right. And so all that to say, again, so much of the information that we should hear about goes unheard and we have to do our best to um, dig in for ourselves. So that's the one thing about Barbara that I wanted to mention. Rest in peace, Barbara Jordan. um, And just for contributing to society the way you have. On to some news. The loan forgiveness program, um, the one that we've heard about for a few months, probably for years now, as it relates to Joe Biden, Um, you know, when he was running for president, he talked about forgiving loans. Well, the time has come and the application is now available in beta. This is in beta, but that does not mean if you don't take the time or if you do take the time to complete it, It won't count towards the real thing. So what the Department of Education is doing is actually they released a preliminary application to test it out for the most part. So it came out late Friday night, today, Sunday, late Friday night. The application was released. So, you know, if you are one of the individuals hoping to have at least at minimum ten thousand dollars, you know, forgiven from your student loans, please take time to complete the application. Very, very simple process. I did it yesterday. Took me all of, I kid you not, it took me like less than 90 seconds to complete the process. Was able to do it from my cell phone. Normally, I don't like doing stuff on my cell phone that requires a lot of information. I wasn't aware as to what was going to be required for this beta version of the application. And so being able to just look and run through it real quick on my phone i kid you not 90 seconds is all it took if you know your name your address you know that particular information your own demographic information then that's all you really need to put in at this point there was not not a part two to the application it was complete this information i think i had to um, add my social security number if i'm not mistaken my birthday Um, and of course all of that is going to be expected when it comes to something like the loan process so don't be afraid to use your cell phones to do this very important um, process to go ahead and knock that out i would be sure to do it now if you can but perhaps you want to wait Um, you can wait until the beta test is over again the testing period will allow the department of education to monitor um, the site performance through real world issues so they're testing the site ahead of the official application launch but again that does not mean those who are testing will have to go back in and do anything further so Once you get through this testing process, you're good to go. Um, There is no timetable on when you can expect to hear things, but um, do it. Do it now. You do have until I believe I saw December 2023 to complete this process. But why are we waiting? Money is money, right? If you need to have that money taken away from your um, your your bills or, you know, from from your overall amount that you owe. Why would you wait? Do it today. I kid you not. Just do it today. Get it done. Um, 90 seconds. And the Grammy goes to... <laughs> Leave the door open. So, a group we will not hear from at the Grammys this year as it relates to winning... Anyhow, they may get invited to perform, who knows, but Silk Sonic, they have declined to submit their album uh, for Grammy consideration in 2023, or for the upcoming Grammys, I should say, I guess that would be, it airs in 2023, I don't know what the time period is for which they're collecting, Um, but if you recall, Silk Sonic actually won a lot at the last Grammys off the same album, uh, A Night With Silk Sonic, I believe is what it's called, Um, I've listened to the album once, maybe even twice, a few joints. I like not all of it. You know, I'm not a huge fan, but these fellas have really (laughs) come in and taken over the game. So I have theories as to why they're not submitting, you know, and who cares what my theories are. But for the most part, I do feel like they are giving an opportunity for others to be recognized um, you know, there's a lot of great music that came out in this last year and especially during the Grammy period. So, um, you know, that it, it it's really a lot of confidence, I think, in their decision to pull out um, because they think they may very well be winning and possibly taken away from some other great artists. You know, this is the year in which we'll see the recognition for. Adele and her album, 30, Um, will see recognition for Beyonce and the Renaissance album. I'm sure there are some other amazing artists. Drake, for instance, I'm sure um, Drake will be nominated for some Grammys going forward. Um, Is Taylor Swift out in these streets? She's probably, you know, I don't follow Taylor Swift's music at all, but she probably is one that will be nominated as well if she's out in these streets with a newer album as well that is part of that period, so... You know, Silk Sonic, they are um, gracefully, humbly, and most importantly, sexually bowing out of submitting their album, um, as was said in a statement to The Hollywood Reporter. So, um, Bruno Mars goes on to say, Andy and I and everyone that worked on this project won the moment the world responded to leave the door open. Everything else was just icing on the cake. So, they're satisfied. They're happy with the success this album has had. Um, They it sounds like they didn't even expect to have this type of success. Uh, when I first heard Leave the Door Open and heard that it was Bruno Mars and Anderson um, it was comical in some senses because if you, uh, I guess, paid attention to their music before, some of their music is, uh, while it's very good music, it can be comical. It, it's funny just how they blend their lyrical content sometimes. And so um, I honestly thought Silk Sonic was just... A joke, <laughs> uh, for the most part, maybe that's how it started out. I, I have not gone back to look at the origin of Silk Sonic, but um, I honestly thought you know, Leave the Door Open was just a fun time. Maybe the two of them in the studio having a couple of drinks, smoking a little whatever they do, and um, came up with that album or came up with that song. And next thing you know, it led to all of this great success. So, um, you know, we'll see who the door is wide open for now in terms of being able to come through at the 2023 Grammys and um, rack up nominations for those awards have not come out at yet so um, we'll see we are getting into award season so um, the Grammys are scheduled to perform or to show on February the 5th uh, 2023 and that's typically like the week after the Super Bowl so it's always a packed time frame TV wise um, going into the new year. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how the Grammys come out. Like I said, it is award season. And so the American Music Awards actually have released their nominees. And so some of the leading artists include Bad Bunny, Beyonce, and Drake. So again, um, individuals we expect to hear from at the Grammys. But all three of those individuals are nominated. For um, the artist of the year at the American uh, American Music Awards, and so we'll see how that uh, pans out for all of the artists. Bad Bunny, I think he has the most nominations with eight. I didn't even know some of these nominations existed. Award shows have really changed since the day that I used to dream about being on that stage. You know, practicing and rehearsing my Grammy speech, mind you, I can't sing, none of that. But um, I just always had this love for being on a stage with a microphone. So I think, you know, again, who knows? I might get that opportunity. Maybe I can win the Barbara Jordan Media Award and I'll really appreciate and understand, you know, why that award exists at the time because I know who Barbara Jordan is at this point, right? But um, yeah, Beyonce, she's in the running, like I said, for the Artist of the Year. And um, she's also nominated for five other awards this um, upcoming year. And so that includes female pop artists, favorite pop album, favorite R and B album, favorite female R and B artists, and then favorite R and B song. So, um, interesting that break my soul has, you know, broken genres, favorite pop, favorite, (laughs) favorite R and B. It is what it is. Drake, he received six nominations, including artist of the year, like I mentioned earlier. And so, um, for the most part, he got collaboration of the year, favorite male pop Artist, favorite male hip hop Artist, favorite hip hop song and favorite R and B album. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll stay tuned. The American music awards day will actually be on TV Sunday, November 20th. So we'll stay tuned. I, I still do love a good award show from time to time. Some of these artists are past my, uh, you know, demographic, but I like to pay attention to see what's what's out there. Artists of the year nominees other than um the three I mentioned also include Adele. I feel like we've just really skipped past thirty at this point, like I don't know if it's because so much music is out there streaming wise like it is a lot of music released daily. I think I saw something about albums uh album Apple saying that um. Like 20,000 new songs are uploaded to the Apple streaming service, Apple Music streaming service daily. I think I saw that right. 20,000. So that's a lot of music. I discover tons of music over time. Like I like new genres that I didn't even know existed. You know, maybe they didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. Um, But I really, really love the options I have. All that to say is what happened to Adele? Where's 30? Why is nobody blasting Thirty anymore? I still like Thirty. I still drink wine. You know that's my that's my joint. I ain't gonna lie. I still go in for that. Um, what is it? The last song, Love is a Losing Game. That's my song too. Wait, is that the song? I feel like that's an Amy Winehouse song all of a sudden. I don't know. But where's Thirty? We've just skipped past Thirty. Um, again, artist of the Year outside of those folks, Adele. Harry Styles, which I again don't know much about Harry Styles, Taylor Swift and the weekend um and so yeah we'll we'll see how those are big names, so we'll see how it comes together on November twentieth for those folks Megan the stallion she is taking a break um, if you have not heard Megan's home was broken into on, was it Saturday? Friday? What's today? Today is Sunday. I said that already. Anyhow, um, yes, broken into Friday. The rapper tweeted that um, material things can be replaced, but I'm glad everyone is safe. Now, this happened just before Megan was set to be on um, Saturday Night Live. And so, you know, after this incident Megan decided that she is going to take a a, a break. You know she's tired. Uh, we I've, I've talked about it before. You, we have to understand when it's time to take a break. And so she is going to take a break um, now that she's hosted Saturday Night Live. Which I saw a few episode or a few clips of her being on there. First of all, the girl worked. I see why she needs a break. She, from what I saw, was in like six different sketches plus. You know, she performed as well. So overall, I felt like, you know, the sketches I watched, Megan did pretty good. Most of y'all know me as Megan Thee Stallion. But if you know me, then you know I go by more than one name. Let's see, we got Tina Snow. The Hot Girl Coach. The h Hottie. And if you are one of my many, many haters, I'm probably, ugh, that bitch. Yeah, Megan, that was part of her monologue um, opening. I felt like she rushed through the monologue a little bit. But, you know, with a little coaching, um, I feel like she has the potential to be a great actress over time. Just from the skits, some of her skits were hilarious to watch. So I appreciated seeing Megan the Stallion on um, SNL last night. Uh, she, you know, is one of the hottest MCs out there. And she got to follow... Um, One of the other hottest MCs out there in Kendrick Lamar making his uh, performance, uh, I guess he I want to say he opened up the season premiere of Saturday Night Live. Uh, Why can't I say that fluently? Saturday Night Live. Um, Now that I think about it, Saturday used to be a hard word for me to say back in the day. Like growing up, I could not say that word fluently, Um, but I am tipsy right now. So I don't know. That's probably why. Anyway, you didn't even want to know all of that. If you want to know what I'm drinking, though, it is a buzz ball mixed with a little, it's the margarita buzz ball mixed with a little tequila here. Um, But yeah, uh, Kendrick Lamar, go back and watch his performance if you did not get a chance to watch it. It was amazing. It was very theatrical in a sense of the cinematography and all of that was just, it was amazing to watch. Um, Great performance he did. Uh, I did not get to watch Megan's performances, but um, from what I saw, she performed... Um, anxiety, NDA, and um, what else did I see? Um, Plan B, Plan B. So, from her latest album, Trauma Zine. So, check that out again. You'll get some laughs in watching Megan uh, do all the skits. One of the funny skits for me was the um, Hot Girl Hospital skit. So, if nothing else, check that out. Where it, you know, it some of it is like, is Megan coming out of her true self because it, you know, it's very Ratchet, in, in a sense, of, of that Houston way of life, but um, again, who knows when we'll hear back from um Megan at this point taking that break because she is tired physically and emotionally as she posted to Twitter yesterday. So, Megan, we wish you all the rest and love you need moving forward. Um, push through because we love hearing from you, Megan. With that being said, I'm going to take another break and then we'll come back and get into our mindful zone today where we'll talk about being distracted. How do we mindfully deal with distractions in this day and age? And this is something that I'm still working through today myself. (laughs) I'll tell you why this is necessary for me. So we'll be right back. How many of y'all are distracted out there? And by distractions, I'm talking about any and everything at this point. Not necessarily distracted by an individual or by a job, but just by life, period. Like things are just and we talked about this a few weeks ago, just how so many things um, require our attention. These excuse me, these days and. It is hard to really keep up with everything that needs us at this point. Um, I often think about me being here, moving from one state to another, still having my friends and family back home to, you know, check up on, see how they're doing, talk to, spend time with, but also having a whole nother life um, where I now live, you know, with a new set of friends and new job and new co-workers um, to stay in contact with and remain in contact with and then be being distracted by what these folks have going on, whether it's the people that live close by or the people that live six states away, you know, five states away, however many states away, um, you know, it's just easy to be distracted in this day and age You heard me mention a few weeks ago that I do not like notifications on my phone really past the messages and just incoming phone calls. Because when I go back and look at the notifications, if I were allowing them to be um, if if I allowed them to go off in sound or, you know, to vibrate and notify me that they're coming in at that point. It is so many of them, especially like from Instagram perspective, not that, you know, my Instagrams are getting all of these likes, but just because of the people that I follow so many people going live these days. Um, and, and that's happened to me in the middle of, you know, being at work at a presentation before I, uh, f- totally forgot to turn my phone off or, um, to move it to do not disturb mode. And in the middle of a presentation, the notifications are coming in across the, the screen there. Cause I'm, you know, showing my computer to the, uh, big screen and are mirroring it, mirroring the computer, my bad. Um, And these notifications are coming in. And so again, just trying my best to remain less distracted, especially in moments that are already stressful, perhaps, you know, I can't remember what the presentation was, but I like to make sure that whenever I'm presenting, things are flowing properly. And so that in that moment to have Uh, name come across with the message, you know, the message itself didn't come across, but that notification showcasing or showing that person's name, um, indicating that a message is there, it just threw me off. And so, you know, I've gotten to the point of using mindfulness, trying to use mindfulness anyway, engaging with mindfulness to become less distracted in a world that requires so much of our attention. I'll tell you, and in some cases it's working, in some cases it's not. For instance, yesterday I spent um, a good portion of my Saturday afternoon chasing down some shoes that I ordered that were delivered on Thursday. How do I know they were delivered? Because I got the notification, right? Well, I didn't really pay attention to the notification right then and there. And I'm the type, I don't check mail every day, even if I know I have something coming Um, I will let it sit until I decide that I'm going to walk myself downstairs and check the mail, unless I know it's a check. That's the only thing I'm running to the mailbox for. But for these particular shoes, I thought about it. I was like, wait, I didn't get the notification that they were in our lockbox. So let me double check like where these shoes were left. Come to find out, I have shipped these shoes to the complex that I lived in back between 2017 and 2020 it is now 2022 how in the world did i make that mistake because i was distracted i logged into uh an app to purchase the shoes that i realized i logged into with a different account after the fact for whatever reason i have two accounts to this one app and um It just not it just did not dawn on me to check to make sure that I was sending the shipment to the right address. Just didn't dawn on me because again, you know, I'm not thinking, I'm distracted, I'm doing all other things. And that's the other thing. Like in the moment that I'm using my phone to order these shoes, all these other thoughts were happening. You know, things were going on around me. I was thinking about all the things I need to do for work, gotta get ready to go out of town, gotta figure out where I'm aboard my dog, what am I going to eat. I think it was probably seven o'clock in the morning when I was, um, ordering these shoes. And so all these other thoughts about me, you know, I was going into work later on that day. So I'm like all the things I need to do here. I am trying to order these shoes and have sent them to the wrong place. Now, what does that mean? I have to suffer the consequences of not paying attention to my own actions where now I'm driving all over the place. Luckily where I used to live is only about 15 minutes up the road. But I call there to see if, hey, maybe the complex can call the person that lives in that building or live in that apartment now to see if, you know, they happen to receive them. Just so happened that apartment is vacant. So that kind of works in my favor when I hear that. Right. You would think so. However, I get to the complex and the girl in the office is like, oh, no, we can't go in there and get that for you. You'd have to work that out with the." USPS and I'm like what I didn't even want to argue I'm just like okay thank you because again I know there's an opportunity to rectify the situation I really wanted those shoes but at the end of the day it looks like because I was so heavily distracted um, those shoes are going to be returned back to the company from which they were shipped I will get a refund and I will not have an opportunity to repurchase those shoes simply because at the time that I purchased them I had like a 35% 35% off coupon code or whatever. Well, I don't think that coupon code will be valid by the time, you know, I get the refund and try to repurchase them. So I'm just going to take that loss. The goal at the end of the day is to get the refund. But really the goal at the end of the day is to be <laughs> less distracted. And I'm just trying to figure out how do we get there? I'm, I'm still figuring that out myself. Again, with so much going on in this world, it is so hard to um, just remain focused. And so I consider myself a mind wanderer. Um, Like my mind will just go off into space in the middle of nowhere. And that's how I end up doing things and not realizing I'm doing things like I'll take something out of the refrigerator as my mind is somewhere else and realize that or not even realize that I've taken it out to maybe. Cook or whatever I'm going to do with it, um, and then go looking for it all of five minutes later like, what did I do? Where did I do? Because I wasn't focused, I wasn't aware, I wasn't mindful in the moment that I was removing that item from the refrigerator. I did it earlier today when I was cooking. You know, I was looking for some cheese to go in my macaroni and cheese and did not realize I took it out already because here I am. Preparing to go out of town tomorrow morning in less than, I don't know, what time is it? I got to get up in the next few hours to get on a plane and go out of town. Mind you, I'm still not really finished packing, but I was thinking about, oh, I need to record this podcast. Then I'll finish packing. The Cowboys are playing right now. While I'm not that big of a fan, I do want to watch a little bit of it. So it's just all these things that are going on. And so it's like, how do I go back to making sure that, I'm being fully present and engaged at all times, and so being a mind wanderer is tough. It really is. There is research out there that talks about that. You know, there's really nothing you can do at the end of the day when we are um, out and about. Like our mind just—that's what it does. And you know, I know people who will try to stop the the uh, thought that they're having at that point, but that's not healthy. You know, because what will happen is that thought continues to. Uh, Find itself back in in your space for the most part. And so what I'm, again, learning to do is have that moment of mindfulness. Let the thought be whatever it's going to be. Let it affect me however it's going to affect me. And then try my best to move on in that moment. You know, Um, it's just one of those things that you have to focus on when you notice um, that your mind is starting to wander again. Let those thoughts be what they're going to be. Um, it is okay that sometimes we get totally lost in our thoughts, but, um, you know, if we don't have those moments, then they could potentially affect us. You know, distractions can be dangerous when we, um, really don't let them, I guess, develop out the way that they're supposed to or unfold the way that they're supposed to. And so it is okay to let those, um, distractions sometimes take, The stage, let them be what they're going to be. Shift your attention and and again focus on the now. You know, once you notice um, that your mind is off somewhere, just shift your attention. You know, Um, think about what's going on in that moment. You know, if your mind is wandering, just be fully engaged, (laughs) if possible, as you are handling that task. A lot of my job includes emailing, um, talking on the phone sometimes, listening to other people um, trying to tell me whatever they're trying to tell me. And I will, you know, just start drifting off in the moment and thinking about other things. And so my goal is to really give my full attention to people because that's respect. Right. Um, I always try to remember people's names when they first tell me especially if it's somebody I'm being introduced to. More than likely, I do not have the time to sit there and be introduced to somebody new and being explained to, you know, who they are and what they do and whatever the case may be. And I'm talking from a work perspective, by the way. Um, But in those moments, I realize 12 seconds into meeting the person, I've already forgotten their name. And so I am going to do better to really rewire myself. Um, and refocus my attention in those moments that I've already like tuned out because I'm very good <laughs> at just tuning out in the first 12 seconds of meeting somebody, Um, especially if I'm on the go and I've got something, you know, bigger and better to do. I'm not necessarily thinking about that person. Now you've distracted me from what I was running off to do to. um you know, introduce me to somebody. So that's, again, um, one of the things I'm working on. Some common distractions out there, they include processing recent conversations or events, you know, coming back from a vacation first thing, you know, and, and having to return back to work on a Monday or whatever day you return. If you're coming back from a vacation, a lot of times you are still in vacation mode trying to get back into work. You know, I always try to take a day in between returning and um, going back to work from a trip, you know, just because depending on what that trip was, there's a lot of um, just readjusting coming down from the the high of the trip. If it was a vacation or, you know, perhaps it was going home for something else, you know, um, so I'm always trying to make sure that I have the time I need to um, really come down from the hustle and bustle of traveling and being on the go. Um, another common distraction is, you know, feeling sleepy, not getting enough rest, you know. So that's, again, one of the things I'm hoping I can in this night well and get enough rest before I go into what is going to be a crazy work week for me. Even though it's out of town, it's a conference, um, I'm going to constantly be on the go, yet still thinking about all the things that I need to do before, um, the end of this month, you know, all of the deadlines that I have. Um, and so I'm excited to be getting rid of one of my major distractions after this conference. And that is doing this stuff. So, um, emotions can be, uh, emotions are a distraction (laughs) for the most part. But again, if we look at how those emotions are making us feel, address those moments, the mood, I feel like we can begin to manage that distraction for the most part. But it does take work. It takes work. You have to look at that as an opportunity, um, that type of distraction as an opportunity to really practice your mindfulness and um, not be so tied to um, those emotions and how they're really making you feel, especially if it's a negative um, feeling. And even if it's a positive feeling. Again, like I said, coming back from a major trip processing something like that, um, on a positive level can really, again, keep you distracted going through pictures and like, Oh, this moment, that moment. Um, I still do it sometimes with all the trips that I have Google photos, which I use, um, all the time. They love sending reminders and memories of what took place on this day. However, many years ago. And, um, again, I, I'm sent right back into those emotions sometimes, depending on what that photo is. Um, Worrying about your loved ones. That is a major distraction, you know, as someone who um, is away from home and um, not as close to get to my family. And if something was to happen, you know, those things are things that sit in the back of my mind, like what would be the quickest route to get home or whatnot. So. Um, you know, trying to figure out how do we balance our day to day um, when it comes to some of these distractions and making sure that they're not overwhelming for the most part. They're not taking over um, how we're feeling on a day to day in a negative space. So um, one of the things that I would love to try to do, I'm gonna try to do is really give exercise for some of these uh, mindful zone moments. And so, You know, we talk a lot about journaling and writing things down, writing goals down. And so one of the things that I would um, consider or that I actually read, I shouldn't even say one of the things that I would consider, it's, um, you know, sort of on the lines of journaling. But I heard that Warren Buffett uses a strategy for really maximizing his focus and mastering his priorities. And that's basically um, if you get the opportunity, you know, list out all of the things that you have to do. All the things that you know you want to accomplish, maybe there are some goals out there, whatever that number is. Maybe it's your top 15, your top 20, top 30, whatever the case may be. Um, list it all out, it doesn't matter. But from that list, go and select your top three goals. Those will be the ones that are the most important to you at that point. So just your top three, take the top three. And then separate your top three from the other, however many you have out there, right? So now you have two different lists. Um, both of the lists, they're they're important to you, right? They're your top, however many you listed. But now you have two, you should have two separate lists. Your top three and then however many lists, however many else um, you would have. One end, you want to label them um, to avoid all of those at all costs. These are the ones that are going to be the most appealing, but also they're considered dangerous, you know, at this point because they will keep you from accomplishing the most important goals. So again, you have your top three and then past that, everything else you want to avoid. You just want to stay clear of at this point because they don't matter as much as those top three you have. And so you want to work diligently to achieve those top three goals. And then once they're completed, um, you can pick up three more from your new list, or you can continue to figure out what has become new priorities based off the top three that you um, have already accomplished. Perhaps those goals have made you think of some other things to consider to uh, put forth effort in and go from there. So those are some things that I would consider as it relates to trying to remain less distracted and um, I, again, giving you exercise, but these are things I need to try. A lot of the stuff I have tons and tons of books on that I tend to go into um, from time to time and try to just, you know, remind myself that I have these tools, I have these resources. And um, should I put them to practice, they just might work for me. So I am always excited to share the love, the information with you all and making sure that you are being your best self at the end of the day, you know. So, uh, as always, thank you for listening. I am going to wrap this up and prepare to go out of town for the week. Who knows? I don't know that I'll get to a recording next week. Um, just trying my best to keep this going. But, uh, again, with all of the things that could be potentially distracting me i don't know top three goal this week may not be a podcast so um, until then be sure to like subscribe and share this show please like subscribe and share this show with folks you know because i have not put it out there to the world yet um and i keep saying you can follow me on twitter but i won't really be updating that twitter so at some point i'm going to focus perhaps this week because i'll be in a nice place if you want to discover have i already told told y'all where i was going i can't remember Um, But if I have not said where I was going and you want to know where I'm going, follow the show at BMU podcast on Twitter. That is at BMU for black and mindfully unbothered um, podcast, BMU podcast um, on Twitter. And so I'll post a picture to where I'll be. But until then, again, don't be afraid to be great this week. And until we speak again, please be kind to yourself. Take care.